Welcome to Honor the Wayne Helmet. I'm Kyle Simmons. And my co-host, former Michigan and NFL offensive lineman Thomas Gwines, and a host of the ASAP Elite podcast, Rob Penn. Last Saturday, hey, what's up? Last Saturday, the number three ranked Michigan Wolverines defeated that team down south for the second straight year, 45 to 23 in Columbus. J.J. McCarthy went 12 of 24 for 263 yards, three passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Donovan Edwards had 216 yards rushing and two touchdowns, and Cornelius Johnson had four catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns. The win puts the Wolverines in a Big Ten championship game for the second straight year where they will face the Purdue Boilermakers this Saturday. Thomas, what are your thoughts about the win over the team down south? First of all, it's always a uh, fantastic time in good old Ann Arbor when we can go down to the shoe and come back with a W. Um, it was a, it was a great win, no doubt. I, I love the way that the the, the non-star guys stepped up. Um, Donovan Edwards came out, had a great game. Our defense came in. And shut things down when they needed to. Definitely has some, still has some key guys out. So that was huge. I loved how we came out and made that second half adjustments. You know, the beginning of the game, that first series by the Buckeyes, it was almost like, okay, hold on to your seats. But, you know, the boys calmed down, got into their rhythm, and started to execute some things. But, you know, uh, I've been saying this after the win as well, and I, I said it all last year. Ohio State is not the metric for what the University of Michigan is. We are not trying to compare ourselves to them. It's, it should, it, it was, and it still should be an expectation to beat the team from down south. So again, great win, no doubt, especially two years in a row, puts us back, right back in the driver's seat in a position to win a second consecutive Big Ten title. So again, I salute the boys and the coaching staff, but I caution you, these guys... In, in Columbus, they're not what we're trying to measure ourselves to. There is a, a standard at the University of Michigan that needs to be upheld, and that standard is the expectation of beating the Buckeyes. With that being said, coming into the Big Ten championship game against the Boilermakers, looking to execute and do big things and hopefully come out with a W, our expectation should be for that national stage to play for that national championship, to be in that conversation as far as real contenders with the Georges and the Bamas and whoever else they want to put into the mix. We do not want to show up as the Big Ten representative as just a team that's filling a spot. We want to show up letting the rest of the country know that we are, we are here to um, realistically compete for this Big Ten championship. So, again, hats off to the boys. Great win. Is this? Like I said, I've been there, done that. There's something special when you go down to the shoe and you come out with a W. But the way that they did it in such dominating fashion, allowing only three points in the third quarter, and the way that we moved the ball, and, and again, it showed me that we have the, 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 the team flexibility that when you try to shut one thing down, we have enough talent, we have enough horses to go to other options in order to get the job done, especially on offense. I believe when you go back and you watch the Illinois game, Illinois to me, what was Indiana two, three years ago, mm -hmm. um, basically 
when we had Don Brown and, and nobody could stop that that defense that we had. But when Illinois when Indiana was running all those quick slants, that to me gave the Buckeyes that following week the blueprint on how to beat us. I think this year Illinois gave a blueprint to at least make some things competitive and interesting, reference Shuddy the rundown with the way that they played defense in that game in the week prior. And I think the Buckeyes tried to to copy that, but to our coaching staff's uh uh merit, we were able to make those adjustments. JJ was actually able to get some vertical, some deep vertical passes. Um, I think we did a lot of great things as far as formation offensively to uh, allow us to get some one-on-ones. The Buckeyes wanted to stick with that man-to-man defense and sometimes even a little zone. But whatever they threw at us, we were able to, to make the proper adjustments. Now, as we continue to move forward, and you talked about the game JJ had, JJ only completed 50% of his passes based off the box score. I still look at there's a, a bit of of coaching and growth that still needs to take place with J.J. as far as his long ball. I think, you know, some of those passes we just got lucky on. And, well, Thomas, what do you mean we got lucky? I'm glad you asked. Because of the fact that the O-State corners got lost within the route and didn't have proper hip rotation and, and leverage as far as covering the seat, the receivers and our receivers ran good, good routes, thusly allowing them to get not just open, but wide open. And, and even when you saw some of those longer passes, they were still a bit underthrown. So in saying all that, just want to make sure that, you know, we go back and again, I never play quarterback, but I've been around the game long enough understanding that the passing game, as far as a quarterback, is not just about arm talent. It's just about it's not just about throwing motion. I frankly think that JJ has happy feet sometimes when he's trying to deliver the ball and not really getting himself set to to put the proper English on the ball, if you will. So all of these things to be said. Yes, great win, great victory. Are there still some things for the Wolverines to work on? There's no doubt. Um, I'm looking for us to hopefully continue to just get the guys that we need to get healthy. But again, for these young guys, for these second, third team guys, understanding that your number can be called at any point in time. And just because you're second or third string, the expectation does not drop. The, the, the expectation is for the position. And when your time is called to get into the game, it's time for you to go in there and, and deliver. I think that C.J. Stroud definitely showed some chinks in his armor. He threw some great balls, though, um, that, that – Behind the shoulder pass to uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. with that dynamic catch, that was clutch. But you know, our, our secondary stood up. I thought that one of the our 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 weak points would have been our secondary against that prolific uh, wide receiver core that they have um, with the Buckeyes. And you know, the Wolverines stood up. Uh, I, I can I can't remember the kid's name, but number zero. At, in, in the corner of the end zone when the wide receiver had caught the pass and he had punched it out at the last second. Mm-hmm. Huge. Big huge. Big just big play. Right. Just huge from the standpoint of momentum at that particular point. So a lot of great things. Again, the Buckeyes do not make our season. They are not the measuring stick for the Wolverines. Um, keep that expectation of we should beat these guys every year and continue to have the expectation of let's continue to be talked about within that national conversation once these playoffs roll around. But other than that, I couldn't be happier. So, Rob, the floor is yours. 
What's your take from last Saturday's game? First off, you know, our players, you know, we did they did what they were asked to do. If I had to give this game to anybody, I have to give this to Harbaugh. I have to give this to our coaches because they were able to dissect Ohio State. This was not an athlete-on-athlete athlete game. The athletes are rather even. When game when teams are even, it comes down to the coaching staffs, and that's exactly what happened. The thing is, we didn't switch up our type of momentum that we've been, you know, pretty much, you know, uh, having the entire season. You know, coming out slow in the first half, 2017, you know, in striking distance, down 17, 14 to Rutgers, you know what I'm saying, and 50 to 17, and now we put up 40 to 20, what is it, 40, 25 against them. It's our pedigree. It's what we do that second half. It's cold-blooded. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the way, what they did, all right, so what I saw, Ohio State came out to stop the run, which was the biggest mistake that they could have made because we knew what they were going to do, you know, and that's what we wanted them to do. We needed them to go into a single high, cover three, cover one, cover zero situation, and pop something behind them. We need somebody to break one tackle, which happens in the cover one or the cover zero, and it's gone off to the races. You know, instead of playing a two-man under, they decided to stack the box. And that's when we bust their head. We got them to come up. You know what I'm saying? Because they were stopping the run initially. You know, and that was a big deal. Uh, yeah, they were stopping the run initially, and then – we were able to pop it over their head once they figured out they got a lather and they kind of got trapped into the game plan. You know, we caught them slipping all the way up to that, uh, the trick passed by the running back. Mm -hmm. You know, it was them coming up to stop that run, getting sucked in. Then we opened up the run in a second. We opened up the pass in a second half. Now they're going to go to a cover two. You know, they got to drop that second safety back there in that box. They got to, you know, now they, uh, now they're doing cover two. They're doing, uh, sky cover two on the other side. And so now JJ starts to get them like uh, uh you know uh tenderized, should I say? You know, quarterback runs or whatever. Then Donovan, who had uh probably three rushing yards in the first half, hit him for 220, you know, off of 22 carries. It was a perfect execution, perfect game plan, perfect strategy by our coaches, you know, and it showed us. We are for real. Thomas was talking about, you know, the Big Ten championship game, how we got to come out and, you know, show the country, you know, how we are, who we are. And yeah, I know you didn't say that verbatim, but, uh, bro, we going to the championship game. You know what I'm saying? They going to know. Because, you know, right now, I guess it looks look like we, we can get USC and or TCU, you know, here in uh, – in Phoenix at the Fiesta at the Fiesta Bowl, we'll pop them. Our defense is too solid, you know, and our running game is too solid. But now we know we can pass. We got receivers. Everybody knows that they can't play us uneven. They have to keep it. They have to play honest. That's going to open up the field, you know. So I'm ready, man. I have not been more proud. Uh, I have not gotten so many go blues in my life, and for the last four days, that's all I've been wearing. It's Michigan Wolverine gear. And that's all I will wear for the rest of the college football season. Go blue. So um, what was very astute, Rob, was when you start talking about how they started playing with their coverages, takes me back to my last game in 96 when Ty Streets beat uh, Sean Springs on that slant. 
And uh, Ty took it to the house. And that for us, and again, nip tuck, field goals, very physical game. Um, you know, as they would say, it was a slobber knocker. But when Ty caught that one, when, when, when spring slipped and Ty hit him with that slant and he took it to the house, these are the things in which I don't think that we were doing early on in, in the, the horrible tenure was making adjustments. We were almost too stubborn for our own good and just kind of wanting to force our style of, of play within that game and not necessarily taking what was given to us. And again, as, as you alluded to, Rob, I got to tip my hat. The coaching staff did a fabulous job. This was definitely chess, not checkers. And, um, it, it was, it was a beautiful thing to see. So definitely looking forward to, uh, hopefully knocking off these boilermakers and seeing what happens in the playoffs. Yeah. I do need to bring up that play by uh, Cornelius Johnson, man. Uh, Ohio State was at a cover one in that play. You know, that safety has the middle of the field. He has center field. He was never supposed to get beat on that route, on that play. That play call, that route right there, it pretty much let us know our coaches are better than theirs. A corner <laughs> post. You get what I'm saying? Right. Get that, yeah, get that safety to open his hips. You know what I'm right. saying? Get him to pay attention to the other side of the field. Jab him to the sideline. Hit that post across middles wide open. You know, and the man? other thing too, I don't know if you guys saw this either, but it was almost remnants of last year's game. When that second half rolled around, and I've been preaching this all year, mm-hmm. when you talk about when you have a physical style of play of football, right around that midway point of the third quarter, that defense starts to slow down when you start punching them in the face. And, you know, Rob talks about it, had been talking about it all year as far as tenderizing those ribs. What I saw in this game, um, I don't think the Buckeyes gave up. I just don't think that they were – I don't think they showed the testicular fortitude to uh, to stay in the game when, when they had to start trudging uphill. I think, you know, the Buckeyes are a team that are used to being front runners and – throughout this season from what I saw, maybe a game or two where they were playing some other teams that just happened to show up that day and, uh, you know, was, was giving them their best shot. But in this game right here, when, when the lights were the brightest, when, when the pressure was the highest at home with all the expectations, especially coming off a loss from last year, especially with the Ryan day um, predictions, we're going to hang a hundred on these guys and all of that sort of, you know, locker room talk. Yeah. When they got punched in the mouth, I think they lost their focus in their plan. And they did not have the testicular fortitude to gather themselves, get back on their square, and get back to their style of, of football. And the Wolverines definitely took advantage of that. Took advantage of the momentum also. Thomas, I was telling my uh, – I was saying that the game is one of the trenches. We start leaning. We start moving men. You dig what I'm saying? That's when I knew it was over. Yeah. We start right. moving men. We start road grading. You get what I'm saying? Playing Michigan mm-hmm. football three yards in a cloud of dust. Can't beat it. My so, bad. yeah, to piggyback off of what you guys were saying, in the first half, they Ohio, Ohio completely sold out to stop the run. They put everything they had into stopping that run in the first half, which, which they were very successful in doing. But as Thomas was saying, right in that midpoint of that third quarter, them boys were tired. <laughs> they were gassed. And all of a sudden, them big boys are front on the offensive line for blue. 
were just moving them. They were just tossing them around out there. And it was, you could tell that the game completely changed. The next thing you know, Donovan Edwards just, just took over. So it was, like you said, well-executed game plan by the coaching staff, but also just pounding them and pounding them and pounding them till in the third quarter, like you said, they just, they didn't have it. They didn't, they didn't want that smoke anymore. Just, you know, to simply put it. So great win Kyle, there. Great win by the Wolverines. And Kyle, real quick, an offense is supposed to make a defense do what it wants it to do. You get what I'm saying? If you pay attention to that game, Ohio State was like an accordion. Eh, 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 mm. eh. You know what I'm saying? They didn't know how to defend or what to defend. You know what I'm saying? Mm. On top of the entire, they were mentally exhausted and defeated. Go blue. Go blue. That's my coach. Yep. So uh, this Saturday, the Wolverines will be traveling down to Indianapolis to play in a Big Ten championship against the Boilermakers. Purdue was uh, eight and four this season, six and three in the Big Ten, and they won their last three games against Indiana, Northwestern, and Illinois. Uh, on offense, they're led by quarterback Aiden O'Connell and wide receiver Charlie Jones. He's a bit of a sleeper, actually. People haven't been saying much about that kid. Uh, so, Thomas, what do the Wolverines need to do in order to keep the Big Ten championship in Ar- Ann Arbor? So, really, my thoughts are this: this is another track game. Mm-hmm against the Boilermakers. Um, the West, and within the you know last recent history, has been the redheaded stepchild of the Big Ten divisionally. So the expectations, because of the monumental win that we just had down in Columbus, the expectations is, you know, the Wolverines are going to come out and, and this should be a relatively easy game. What the Wolverines need to do is, what we've been doing. And and now this is where it's going to be really incumbent upon our coaches to have a pulse of the team. When you have really large highs, sometimes you lose focus on what the actual final agenda is. It is going to be incumbent upon the position coaches, not just coach Harbaugh, but the position coaches, your strength and conditioning coaches who are going to be spending the most time with these kids to understand the pulse of the team, reading our leaders of the team, making sure that the leaders of the team are doing and are saying the right things, making sure that when we come into this game, we're coming in and even kill, understanding that we still have work to do. The job is not done. As I said before, the win in Columbus was, was not the pinnacle of the season. We are still climbing the mountain. We still have a goal to succeed last year. That goal wasn't met in my opinion. Yeah, we won the big 10 championship, but we got embarrassed by the Bulldogs. So in order for us to have that level of redemption, we still have to take care of work at home. As I said, day by day, brick by brick. Beating Purdue is just going to be another brick in the foundation and us getting back to the playoff game. So from a physical standpoint, play the football that we've been playing. Make sure that we get get our guys as healthy as possible. And But more importantly, I think it's going to be the mental aspect of the game for these kids to really come out with laser sharp focus and execution of plays not allowing the boilermakers to stay in the game i don't want this to be another michigan illinois game this game right here we need to put this game away in the first half those are my thoughts but we're not going to put it away in the first half we're going to come out and we're going to be down three in the first half or something like that you know what i'm saying we might even be down two in the first half you know we're going to win by 40 you know what I'm saying? But this is who we are. We've seen it 12 times already. And uh, 
Second half, I knew what was going to happen, like, say, last week. But, you know, <laughs> second half has been our baby, man. And, uh, look, we don't come out – we don't stumble mud on Purdue. Uh, Thomas, what you just said about us going to get whooped by Georgia. I think Georgia could have beat that LSU team a few years ago. That was a legendary squad. That game, that Georgia defense could have played with the um, University of Miami 2001 offense in that team. You know what I'm saying? So anybody who would have came up against that team would have got embarrassed. But what it did, it let us know what we need to do. You know, how we need to recruit, how we need to play. Uh, the, the Georgia game, in my opinion, though, um, when you have individuals that watch football from a fan standpoint and not an analytical standpoint, that Georgia game brought us back to a sense of reality. And what I was trying to express to people, and, and, and sometimes, you know, the Wolverine fandom, oh, you're just being a hater. It's not about being a, a hater. I want these kids to have all the success in the world. Those are my little brothers. And, and again, there's nobody, no one prouder. But at the same point in time, I'm not ready to put them on the pedestal to say that they are the greatest thing since sliced bread just because of the fact that we won the Big Ten championship. And what I consider to be a relatively weak conference for the most part across the board. Mm -hmm. um, when we got the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in the country, I knew that that was going to be a curse going into this game, playing those boys down in Georgia, because that, in my opinion, as a former offensive lineman, when I was seeing that, we were still having some hiccups and inconsistencies in our game uh, against Big Ten conference uh, opponents. And to take those small idiosyncrasies that most people don't see, but the, those little things – based off the level of competition that we were playing with the Bulldogs turned out to be big things. So again, I, I agree with you in order for us to be consistently on in that conversations with, you know, those two teams in the SEC and now seemingly uh, the SCs of the world, SC starting to turn their program back around and becoming the SC of old. We're going to have to continue to get, big guys up front that can run. We're going to have to continue to have those athletic defensive end and especially linebackers. We're going to have to get those 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", wide receivers that we can throw those 50-50 balls to. And we're going to have to, again, J.J. has to develop the long, the, the, the long pass. But the other thing that I saw, too, that caused me just a wee bit of concern, J.J., when he came in as a backup, was quick to run and use his athleticism and it was sexy and it was exciting and put JJ in and put JJ in. Now that JJ is a starter, I think that JJ finds himself trying to serve two masters. And when you serve two masters, no one gets served at all. So what do I mean by that? JJ is an athletic kid. He's a tough kid. JJ has to understand that just because now he's the quarterback, it's not about, it's not about just slinging the ball around. When it opens up like the Red Sea and you can go get that first down, dude, go get the first down. Just run. It was a couple of times in there where you could see the hesitancy with J.J., do I pass or do I run? If it's that clear cut and with his speed and athleticism, J.J., just go get pick up the first down. Get those new set of downs and then we'll get back into the rhythm of the offense. But most important, let's keep the chains moving because his 
hesitancy as far as how to pull the proverbial trigger to pass or run when he actually passes the ball. They're usually not very good passes. Rob, prediction time. What's your prediction for this game? 48-13. Go Blue. Big win, huh? Big win for Big Blue. All right. Statement. Statement. All right, Thomas, what's your score? I'm going to say 42-21. Yeah, I'm thinking right around in that low 40 range, too. I'm thinking it's going to be like, yeah, 42, uh, probably about 17. I don't know if if Purdue is going to get too much going. I know – I heard I read that uh, Aiden O'Connell had a uh, death in his family. And I know he hasn't yes. been with the team this week, so I know that's going to be heavy on him. Obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers and thoughts go out to him. But I also know that's just a that's a lot to have to you know deal with this week and then play a football game. So I think they're going to have a lot of or, a tough time this week. Or the, that could that could be a, that could be some extra motivation too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, try, trying to ball out for the loss of a loved one. So that can go either way. Either way, right? Brett Favre. Hey, Drew Brees ain't walked through that door. Let's get a, Drew Brees ain't walking through that door no time soon. Uh, too funny, too funny. No, man, I, I definitely think, you know, the boys are definitely going to pull out another win, um, continue to be in that national conversation. But it's about what happens when the lights come on. Can we pull everything together to get that win, to go back and be in that position? And even if we are going to go play Georgia again, and honestly, if you ask me right now, Thomas, can the Wolverines beat Georgia? No. But what I'm look what I'm looking for is our ability to be competitive. I don't think that we have all of the pieces just yet, but I definitely feel like we're a lot closer than what than what we once were. One step closer. Mm-hmm. We're, def- we're definitely clo- we're definitely closer, but I just don't think we have all of the final pieces to be that that dominating force against you know that caliber team just yet. But we're getting close. We are a championship game team, though. You're right. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Under the Wayne Helmet. Come back next week. We'll be talking about the results of the Big Ten championship. Hopefully it'll be a big celebration for us here and we'll start setting the table for the college football playoff once the uh, rankings are released. Uh, For Kyle Simmons, oh, sorry, I'm Kyle Simmons. For Thomas Gwines and Rob Penn, go blue. Go blue. Go blue, baby. Hell yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.